I'm glad you're here. Even though I have heard a rumor that maybe somebody here is from Alabama. <laughs> but I applaud what y'all are doing, uh, having a, a men's service. You know, it's not, uh, not always easy to be a man in this culture today. A lot of aspects of this culture kind of look down on manliness. And I think that God uh, created it. He intended it for it to be what it is. Of course, I will admit that a lot of times what people see is not necessarily spirit-filled masculinity. Uh, but uh, I appreciate you all coming and uh, that we can be uh, leaders, that we all can be what God wants us to be as men. And I'm just praying that uh, uh, what we are able to do tonight will in- encourage each and every one of us to do just that. <clears throat> Let's stand together. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Hold the tabernacle of God is with men. He shall dwell with them, then they shall be his people. And Almighty God will be with them. Messiah, 
Jehovah, Prince of Peace is He. Son of Man, Seed of Abraham, Second Person in the Trinity. He is the Alpha and Omega. All right. You might as well keep standing up for this one too, because you can sit down, but you'll probably be getting back up again anyway. And speaking of men, my dad has come in. Good to see you back there, Dad. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood's atoning And I repented of my sins And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me With his redeeming redemption story and some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory oh victory in Jesus my Savior forever he sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood have a seat if that's what you'd like to do and I apologize I uh, I went to the key change a little early there sorry about that guys but sure enough they followed right along we're gonna switch it around here just for a second so give us just a minute and we'll Oh, my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? <laughs> 
I could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must end, and you never do. And so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it's not much, I've nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah, Just one move with my arms stretched wide. I will worship you. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a Again and again, 
The blood of Jesus speaks for me, still my soul redeeming love out of the dust of Calvary is rising to the throne above. There is no vengeance in his cry. Lamb for sinners slain, 
church all of his life, but he uh, he had some pretty severe Alzheimer's, um, and he was there, and when this song came up, God just kind of gave him about five minutes of just total clarity when we were singing that song, and and his face just lit up, and his, his hands went up, and he wasn't much of a hand raiser, but he just uh, did that, and then after the service was over, on his way out, he said, yeah, that one song kind of made me happy. <laughs> so that's a, a very special one to us uh, because it's so so powerful in what it is. Now, I did tell someone uh, in regard to the fact that this was a men-only service that when, when y'all hear us, hear our vocals without the ladies, you're going to be saying, get those ladies back in here fast. <laughs> that's especially true for this one because... Though this is our theme song for the week, this is going to be the first time I've ever sung it all the way through.
the night is dark, but I'm not forsaken. For by my side, the Savior, He will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoice. For in my need, His power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley, He will lead. Oh, the night has been won, and I shall overcome, yet Jesus, I just want to thank you for being in our presence tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us. Thank you, Father, for calling us into your kingdom. 
and to be part of, of the church, Jesus' bride. Lord, I just ask right now that you fill us to overflowing. I ask that you give us such a vision of Christ that it is difficult for us to be able to contain it. I pray, Lord, right now that we would see you for who you are, that we would see you in all your beauty and your awesomeness and your holiness. That each one of these, these men here are here tonight, if they're married, that they go home to their wives and say, what a Savior we've got. What a Savior we have. Lord, I just ask that you would cause your word to sink into our hearts. And just say, Lord, we love you. We love you. Not like you love us, but we love you. Increase our love as you increase our faith. In Jesus' name. mind going to the lofties if you want me to. But I just soon get close to you. I'll try not to spit on you. If I do, I've got a handkerchief. And it's clean. So. You know, as we worship, sometimes we in our hearts, worship, and, and uh, as, as men, or as our personality is, so many times we have a problem trying to do what that song was talking about of expressing it. I mean, I used to be like that. I know y'all saw me raising my hands, and I clap, and, and so forth, but, but again, you know, it, it's something that, as I've gotten to know my father, it's got easier. <laughs> you know? He deserves it. I want to tell you something that helps me. Because worship, which means to adore and love, worship is directed toward only one. All this music we've just done is for one. It wasn't for you. It's not for me. Worship is for him and him alone. And so for me, I'm simple, but it helps me. You realize God is our Father. And, and, and so for me, I, you know, as a father and as a grandfather, my children, my girls used to come in and they would want to sing or they would want to, you know, they would want to have some kind of play. I mean, of course, again, growing up as a pastor's kid and so forth, they like to play church a lot, and one of them was always the musician, and one was always the preacher, and fortunate, unfortunate, or whatever, the youngest one was always the congregation. But they'd always come in, and they didn't always do a great job. They didn't always sing it right, and they didn't always, you know, if it was a play. But you know what? I was always excited that they wanted to do it. 
And so what I do when I come in here or wherever I am, sometimes I'm all by myself where I'm meeting the Lord. I just see God as my father looking over, saying, what's my child fixing to do for me now? And I don't worry about what anybody else is right. I'm not doing it for who's sitting next to me or back over there. I'm doing it for my father. And he's looking over and saying, well, look at Bonnie. I like that. Other folks say, well, what's he doing? He's just, he's trying to draw attention to himself. He's trying to, hey, get over it. Now, you don't have to, I'm not, you got to do what you got to do. But I want to tell you this. If you want to learn to be free with the Lord, Start being free with the Lord when you and the Lord meet together one-on-one. When you meet one-on-one, you dare to lift your hands up. And you get comfortable with just you and God lifting your hands. And when you and God get comfortable, you know what? You'll come in, and if it's in a worse way, you'll say, hey, I'm doing this for my father, and, and it's all right. You don't have to worry. Now, if you're doing it to draw attention to yourself, that's a different thing. You hear what I'm saying? But learn, hey, church is about him. We're only here for one reason, him. This is his house. I hear people all the time, well, God, we invite you to come. I hate to tell you, he's invited us to come. We don't have to invite him. We're here at his invitation. He's not coming at ours. Now, sometime with the attitude we've got, we show up, and, well, I'm not sure he does. And I'm not sure we even know when he does it with many folks. And they'd like to quote that scripture. You know, Jeff, you've heard them. Well, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am present. Well, you can quote that all day long, but if your heart's not right with him, don't expect him to show up. Because being in his name basically means, God, I come in with no agenda. I come in with no plan. I come in. What do you want to do, Father? What's on your heart? I mean, we have almost organized God out of our churches in our culture. We have almost come to the place with our structure and organization. And I'm not saying we ought to have chaos and just go to the wind. But what I'm saying, we've come to the place that we forgot it's his church. We forgot he bought and paid for it with the blood of Jesus. We're redeemed not with corruptible things, but by the blood of the Lamb. I am not my own. One of the problems that we have, and, and we need to, to, to look at, and, and, and it's, there's a right side and a wrong side, and that is when we come in, well, this is my church. It ain't your church. Only the blood of the Lamb brought this church into being. I don't care how much money you've given. I don't care how long you've been here, what you've taught, what you believe, or anything else. To realize that we come back to the place, it's His. And we're His. And the good thing is, as I said last night, He loved you enough to buy you and bring you into His family, into His kingdom. And he loves you so much, he says, hey, you're my children. And I delight in you. I like you. I like spending time with you. I like walking with you. Hey, you remember Adam and Eve. We go all the way back to the very beginning, back to Genesis. And he created and he breathed life into Adam. And, 
and he sent them there. In the cool of the evening, what did Adam and Eve do? They walked with God. God likes that, guys. If you get down to an old guy in the Old Testament of the name of Enoch, not much said about him in the book. But you know the one thing that Enoch did? He walked with God. And he walked with God and became such good friends with God. He didn't die. God just translated him to glory. He wasn't and he wasn't. And you know the only thing it says in the scripture about Enoch besides that he walked with God? He pleased God. Now, what would God say about you? Because that's what God says about him. That's not what I'm saying about him. Or that's not what somebody else... God says, and he pleased me. What would, be, what would God say about us? I mean, Enoch wasn't perfect. Enoch was a man like you and I are. And, and so was, you know... Uh, who did I say a while ago? Adam. And then we could go through all. I mean, they're all men. And since Adam on, we're all sinners. And yet God desired to walk with us. You know why God made man in the first place? Have you ever thought about it? God is love. Right? Isn't that what the book says? And within the Trinity, within the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, there is that perfect love, right? I believe that God made Adam, made man, made you and I, because God being love wanted somebody to love. Somebody to walk with, someone to talk with, someone that he could pour out his love upon. And the great thing about love is this, it's only love when that love is returned and God made us and sin entered in and separated us from God and Jesus came to die on the cross so we could come back to God, we could walk with God and we could love Him. What is the first and the greatest commandment? Remember the lawyer asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment and what did Jesus say? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul and your being, with all that you are. The heart of God is that we love Him. Now we can go to the second one. I'm not going to preach it tonight where He talks about loving your neighbors yourself. But the thing is, do we love God? If you love someone, you do what they want to do. I get tickled as us as husbands. You ever do anything for that precious woman in your life that you really don't want to do or you don't like to do or what? Why do you do it? Now, bottom line down here, we go back and say, well, you know, bottom line is you love her. Now, there's a few that say, well, I'll do it to keep peace in the house. And then there's a few that fall into the trap of the devil's put out there that mama's not happy, nobody's happy. That's a lie out of hell. That destroys the whole relationship. You've got to get the relationship in Christ, not in trying to make one another happy. But the thing is, God loved us, and the thing he wants back from us is our love. How do you love him? Well, one of the things you worship. 
In fact, the most important thing we as believers born again, filled with the Spirit, the most important thing we do. Now, I know most all of y'all are Baptists. I come in Baptists. And this is hard for us, but to hear me, the most important thing you will ever do is worship. I know there's some who say, oh, we preach the word. Well, well we're going to do evangelism. Well, you will never preach the word effectively or do evangelism effectively if you're not a worshiper. Only as your worship is elevated, only as you learn to be in the presence of God and celebrate who He is and love Him, that's where you mature and grow and out of that issues forth. The sharing of the gospel, the preaching of the word. Other than that, you're just giving facts and figures. Other than that, you're just going through emotions. Well, I ought to go to church and, and, and they're going to sing a song, open the song book, look on the screen or whatever it is. And, and you know, I, but if you'll learn to worship. That's why God said, I, you know, he knows some of us, we, we can't sing. I'm not going to point any fingers at some of those that I know can't sing. But there's something that can't sing. And God took care of that. And biblically, he took care of it. You know what he said? Make a what? Joyful noise. Guys, sing. I've had men all along, well, I, I can't sing. I don't want to bother the people around you're not doing it for the people around you. You are worshiping the King of kings, Lord of lords. And he has said, make a joyful noise. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about if you're on key. You're not doing it for the people around you. You're worshiping. And I tell you what, that's what's going to grow you into the fullness of Christ. But the devil doesn't want you to worship. He doesn't want me to worship. He doesn't want anybody to worship. I mean, why do you think we have such battles in churches and, and around? And it's worldwide over music styles and worship styles. You know why it's there? It's not just because, well, I don't like that or that's not my... I'll tell you why. Because the devil doesn't want our God to be worshipped. And he'll do everything he can to destroy worship. He'll make people fight. He'll make people... Be so angry they won't even talk to one another. He'll do everything he can. I mean, the Lord has blessed my wife and I in ministry around the world in so many different cultures. And let me tell you, we've seen it. I mean, we've gone in, Jeff, where there wasn't any instruments. They had a, a, a bag that they'd taken, and they beat the time. They didn't have drum. They, didn't have, they just had got them a... A bag, made like a bean bag, and whoever it was, I guess, could keep time. I can't. My music man said, Would you please not clap? You don't clap at the right time. I said, It's right for me. I mean, we've been in places where they have whole orchestras. I mean, the whole nine yards with the violins and the oboes and the, the whole thing. You know what? God likes all of it. Now, I'm not a big southern gospel guy. I, I, you know, it's all right. But that's not my favorite. And, and so forth. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. It's not for me. To come back to the place to realize that God is a God of love. 
And he has created man. He created Adam. And then he walked with Adam. He walked with Enoch. We keep on going. What did Jesus say to the disciples? When he walked up that first day, and there was John and James sitting there in that boat, what did he say to them? Follow me. Did that mean get in my car, we're going? No. It didn't even mean get on my donkey. He didn't even have a donkey. What he meant was walk with me. Folks, I have to tell you, God still wants to walk with you. You say, well, I don't know enough. Well, what do you think, James and John? They were fishermen. Or Peter, or Andrew. Matthew's a tax collector. We could go on and on. It's not what you know, and it's not your, your experience, it's not your uh, job. Jesus is looking at every one of us and saying, Follow me, walk with me. You remember what he said to Peter and those guys, most of them, we talk about being fishermen. And he said, I will make you what? I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, well, guys, you're going to do this. Do the best you can. Try hard. Figure it out. He didn't do that. He said, come and walk with me, and I will make you fishers of men. I tell you, God had quit telling us, I will make you what I want you to be. We're always worried. Well, that's not my gifting. I don't have that experience. My education's not. Get over it. Your God is the God who spoke everything into existence. Your God is the God who just, you know, I mean, if he wants it, it's there. And if he calls you, I guarantee you, he will make you what he wants you to be. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't apply yourself. I'm not saying you should not educate yourself or learn or study. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't you reach in your pocket and say, well, here's all the resources I've got. God's not worried about your resources. Everything you got, he gave you. He knows how much or how little you've got. Now, you might want to be a good steward. I would suggest that. But the thing is, he knows what you've got. And if he calls you, he's not worried about it. He knows what it's going to be. A few years ago, we were talking at the table about Haiti and going to Haiti. And so, I don't know, probably seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, I had an invitation to go to Haiti. Really didn't want to go, but I prayed about it. Lynn and I did. And, and just had a peace. God said, go to Haiti. Now, Linda and I are not big fundraisers. Uh, just, you know, I'm not against fundraisers. It's not how God has worked and crafted in our life. Uh, I mean, we'll share with folks. God said, go to Haiti or wherever and, and pray for us. And, and God, you know, has, has spoken to folks. And we don't go in and say, well, we need $10,000 or we need this. We just say, this is where we're going. God's always met it. And usually in an abundance. Well, I was going to go to Haiti. And so... We're sharing that, and, and God had told us that, and, and, and so we were ministering several places, and we shared with people, we're, Imani's going to Haiti, pray for it. Well, it's down time to go to Haiti. 
it was going to, the, the price was going to be approximately $2,000 with the airline and all the stuff that I was going to do, whatever. I had we had received $250. And that's all. Now, I've just told you, if God calls you to do something, he's going to supply. He always has. He always does. So when it wasn't there, Linda's my first thing is, well, God, did we miss you? Is money not supposed to go? I mean, we're not opposed to backing out and saying, no, if I, we, make, if we make a mistake, you make a mistake. And you own it. But we prayed about it, and God said, go. Well, at that particular time, we had those resources in our personal account and so forth. We talked about it and prayed about it, and we said, yes, we're to go and, you know, take the funds that are needed and go to Haiti, and I did. When I got back and I got in my place where I spent with the Lord, I said, God, I do not understand. You ought to realize God and I have very frank conversations. As I told you last night, he and I argue. I've never won an argument yet. Don't expect it. But he's not intimidated by me expressing what I really think and feel. And that's good. And I said, I don't understand. Always before you provided. And, and here all we got was $250 and the rest had to come out of our pocket. And I hadn't even got that thought out and that prayer out in my time. And the Spirit just quickened me. And son, who put what was in your pocket in your pocket? Uh, you did. Well, if, you know, Danny had given me the money, I'd say, man, God provided. If part of it came from Larry, I'd say, hallelujah, look, God provided. Well, the thing God had to teach me, God provided, he just put it in my pocket and wanted it to come out of my pocket rather than somebody else's pocket. And as I'm thinking that, he said, son, I put it in. Don't you have enough faith? That when I told you to take it out, if you need it, I'll put it back or provide it. Oh, come on, God. I mean, after all, if you're going to provide, you ought to provide, make other folks provide, not, you know. So what I'm telling you, you can trust God, but you've got to learn to walk with Him. You've got to realize He loves you, and He's looking for you to love Him. He's worthy. What's he up to? What's he doing? And, and it all comes back where it all starts. Is in your walking with him, and your walking with him has got to become the foundation of your worship. Now, many folks, they don't prepare to come to church, do they, Jeff? They come in and say, well, the music folks are going to, they're going to prepare us for worship. They may help lead us into the presence of God, but you better be prepared before you get here. You ought to have already been walking with the Father and talking with the Father and celebrating with the Father, where when you come in, it is a celebration. It's a continuation of the joy that, hey, God loves me and I love Him with everything that I am. Rise up in the wonder of wonders. 
I know sometimes for us as men, that's hard because we say, well, I'm not. And we have a tendency, I'm not going to raise my hand, so I'll just put them in my pocket. Well, I tell you what, you know, again, I suggest you in your own private time with the Lord, wherever it is, start out with just, Lord, I'm going to try this. That dumb preacher told me to, so I'm going to, I'm going to try. I just, I'm lifting them because he told me, but Lord, I really am lifting them because it's a sign of praise. It's a sign of worship. It's a sign of yielding to you. Now, I don't know where your worship would go. Man, when I went to Russia, and, and I know a lot of folks think, well, Russia is all heathen and all folks are lost and going to hell. Man, I mean, there's some dynamic Christians in Russia. And when I was over there and I spent six weeks and, and everything, man, I wasn't in shape. Man, those folks dance. And they do that round dance. And let me tell you, I was in shape by the time I got home. And it wasn't short out. I mean, they were just celebrating the Lord. It wasn't just a little jump and hop and a skip. I mean, they were dancing before the Lord. And it was part of their worship. It wasn't show. And, it was, and if you weren't, that's fine if you did. But, you know, hey, I'm done. I try anything. And. So the thing is, realize your worship and somebody else's worship may not be exactly alike. And that's all right. For instance, you may never lift your hands up. Uh, that's fine. That's going to be between you and God. But be sure God tells you not to lift them up. Don't you decide you're not going to lift them up. In other words, you may, you may never dance. You know, one of the hardest things God ever had me do is I was in a service down in Fort Worth, Texas one time. I was sitting over here on this side from the pulpit on the front, and in worship, all of a sudden, I felt the Spirit say to me, lay down on the floor. Be prone before me. Boy, you talk about stretching. It's one thing to go up there and kneel at the altar. It's one thing to raise your hand. But I was obedient. I've learned, man, it's better to be obedient. You know, you know it, it stretches you. You're going to find out where your faith is. You're going to find out whether you're doing it for you, whether you're doing it for people, or you're doing it for him. It's the only time God's ever asked me to do it. It's the only time I've ever done it. But what I'm telling you, it's all right to do what God says I went to a church several years ago. They were in a big fight. Whether you could lift hands and worship or not. Baptist church. They had some that wanted and some that didn't. They had an old retired preacher in there that was their interim. And those who didn't want it got to him. And he says, well, you know, we don't lift hands and everything because we're a New Testament church. is a Baptist church. And raising hands is Old Testament. So we don't lift hands. What in the world? I mean, I found out about before I got there and didn't want to go, and God said go, and of course, Lynn and I go where God says go, and so we ended up. And, and of course, the first thing you go back to is where Paul says to Timothy, I would that men everywhere lift holy hands in prayer <laughs> and without anger. And I'm thinking, that's pretty New Testament. Now, I didn't go in and start saying, all right, everybody's got to raise their hands. 
No. But I was already where I was, so just like I lifted my hands here, I did as the pastor in that church. And Linda, she likes to, to, to well, she doesn't dance like she does in Africa, but she likes to move more. And, and, and you know what they'd say? They, they kind of taught her and said, well, you know, Miss Linda, she's been to Africa. Well, they didn't know it didn't have to have been to Africa. She's just worshiping her God and everything. You hear what I'm saying? The thing is, what is the focus of what you're doing? Because worship, true worship, is adoration and love focused on one. So if you're lifting your hands, you're lifting your hands to Him. If you're dancing, you're dancing to Him. If you're kneeling, you're kneeling before Him. You see what I'm saying? But it's got to start between you and God. And if you will start there, guys, you will find a liberty and a freedom that, that said that you just, hey, God, my Father is pleased with me. He's delighted in me. He's happy. He's looking over and saying, man, look what my children are doing. I tell folks, when I go into churches and I've been there a time or two, or like I'm doing with y'all here, I said, when you come in, you all just have a, a picture in your mind that Father God's looking over and he said, okay, what are my children going to do this morning? See, we've got it so focused. What's the music's going to be or the choir's going to do? What's the preacher going to say? What's this? God's saying, what are my children going to do? Hey, we're body. We've got too focused on what goes on up there and are missing out what's going on out here. We did one of the best things last night when y'all began to share. That's body life. That's church. You go back and what the scripture says, let everybody come with psalm and hymn and scripture. Well, we do that. We say, well, we've got to have order. Well, you do have to have order. I don't question that. But we don't always need an order of service. Or if we do, we need to be able to wad it up and throw it away. Not every time. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, we've got to get back that it's not about us. It's not my church. It's his church. And I want to tell you, men, it's your responsibility to get there. It's not the women's. Now, I, I'm amazed. Most places I go, women are freer in worship than men. And many people say, well, they're more emotional. I'm not talking about emotions, guys. I'm talking about loving God. Realize this. Love is not an emotion. Did you hear me? Jesus did not die on the cross because he felt sorry for you. Jesus died on the cross because he loved you and his love, which love is an action verb, and that love took him to the cross. Not because he felt sorry for you. Therefore, if I love God, there's got to be action. And the highest form of that action, as I've already said, and the most important, is worship. Go back and read again that our highest point of, of, of what God has for us is to express his praise and magnify his glory. Isn't that what Peter says? 
And it can be in many ways. I mean, Linda and I move in and out of so many different churches and even different denominations and, and so forth. I mean, we've been in high, high church. Now, when I say high church, I mean the guy's probably going to have a robe on. They're going to have a big old pop organ over there. And it's very formal. We went into one that they'd asked me to speak, and I, I was doing it. Oh, Lord, have mercy. let me tell you, Jesus showed up. Later, I went back several times because the Spirit of God was in that place. We've been in, in very Pentecostal and very charismatic. And, and you know, there, there's, the Lord can be there. It doesn't matter the label. The thing is, have we got to the place where he is the focal point? Your label doesn't matter if he is the focal point. Some years ago, I, when I was in South Africa, of course, I got to know the Anglican bishop in the area where I was, and that would be Episcopal to y'all. And uh, we had a, a revival, and one of our pastors, or one of our uh, Baptist evangelists was preaching. And this bishop called me and said, Bonnie, can, he, can your uh, evangelist come and preach for me Sunday? I thought, in an Episcopal church? And, of course, I mean, I knew this guy, and we were friends, and shared and I said sure because the service he wanted was earlier than what our commitment was so I went to the event and said alright I've got something going to be strange for you this morning or this Sunday morning you're going to be preaching in a, in a Episcopal church or Anglican church he said oh okay and so we got there and I introduced them and we got ready and, and everything and so anyway, they, he got, they went through their stuff like they do, and it came time for the homily or the sermon and everything, and he introduced the evangelist, and the evangelist got him and preached Jesus, which he knew he was going to, and he, hey, he just preached Jesus. When he got through preaching the sermon and went over to sit down, the bishop came up, and he said, now there are people here today that need to respond to what this man has just preached out of the word of God. You need Jesus. You need to be born again. And so he called the evangelist by name. He says, now this evangelist and I are going to here and be praying for you, and Pastor Mills will be at the front to receive you. I said, I'm thinking, I'm in an Episcopal church. They don't do things like that. And there were several folks who came. Don't tell God what he can and he can't do. Don't get yourself in a Bible and say, I can't go there or I can't do that because God, let me tell you, He's the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And we miss so much. Because He doesn't do it like I think He ought to. One of the biggest problems we have is we keep wanting to, to bring God down to our level rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to take us up to Him. Worship. Walking with God. Loving Him. Because He first loved us. But love Him. Show Him that love. Manifest that love. And it will start in your own time with the Lord. If you don't have that time, man, you're missing it. Not just because you don't get to love God, but you miss God loving on you. You say, well, I don't know how, where I want to tell you something. 
one of the things I suggested you have some time, you know, where it is. It doesn't have to be long. You know, start out about 10 minutes. Get you a Bible. Get you a piece of paper and a pen. And get along with God. Now, if you have people say, well, where do I start reading? Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you where I'd start reading because it's exciting. I would start reading the Gospel of Mark. I mean, it's exciting. You got Jesus, and man, he's going here and there. Nah, 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 nah. You see the wonder of our God. Now, if you want theology, you can go over to the Gospel of John and everything. It's good. And I used to tell her, I was starting John, and it's still. But I tell you what, for folks who, who want to really see, it's just starting Mark. <laughs> and it just, bam, 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 16 chapters, and it's just, blah, blah, blah. But spend time with him. And, and in that time, you don't have to read a lot. Read a little bit. And then do something like this. Father, I'm here to be with you. That's the only reason I'm here. What do you want to say to me? And just be quiet a minute. And I can't tell you every time he's going to say anything to you. Most times he will say something to you. It may not be audible. It may not be in the scripture you read. It may be a thought. It may be something you've been seeking him on or praying about that all of a sudden it's there. When it happens, don't say, I wonder if that was God or not. You just ask him, God, what do you want to say to me? Don't go back and say, well, I don't know whether that was God or not. If you ask him, it is, I promise you. Well, what if it's the devil? Well, I tell you what. Unless you're inviting the devil in. If your focus is on him and your worship's on him, then write it down. Now, when you get it, be sure that it lines up with what Scripture says because God's not going to tell you anything that's out of the bounds of, of the Bible. Hear me? It's always good if he's telling you to do something. It's not bad to have brothers and sisters in Christ. said, well, I was praying the other day, and the Lord, I, I, I sense the Lord said this, you know, does that line up? Not that you have to have their stamp of approval, but you don't want to get off on a tangent. I mean, I've got guys around the world that I talk to that are in different leadership, that if I'm dealing with something or whatever, and I'm praying and I'm sensing this, I'll call and say, well, you know, the Lord, this is what I sense. How does that bear with your spirit? I, I can't find it in Scripture that it's contrary, but, but you know me, and you know what God's doing, and we talk together, and we're working together, and we're praying together. Does it bear witness with your spirit that I'm, you know, we need the body, we need each other. I need you, you need me. And so as you worship, it's more than just, you know, clapping or dancing. Those things are important. But also it's that time where you learn to walk and talk with God. God wants to walk with you. Remember? That's where we started. It's where you learn to walk and talk with God. 
You remember in John chapter 10, Jesus made a statement, and he says this, My sheep know my voice. Now, I got a question for you. Anybody here that doesn't have a mother? Well, thank the Lord, you know. (laughs) I was afraid somebody was going to raise their hand. All of us have a mother. Now, I don't know what your relationship is with your mother or how well you knew your mother, but for the majority of you, do you would you know your mother's voice? Most all of us would say yes. And if I ask you, how, why do you know your mother's voice? Because I heard it, and I heard it, and I heard it. With my mama, I want to tell you something. Many of y'all knew her. With my mama, I did not have to see her. I knew it was her voice, and I could tell you, was she happy, mad, glad, sad? I knew that voice. How much more should we know the voice of our God? I learned my mother's voice because I heard it, and I heard it, and I heard it. The more you will spend time listening, hearing, you will know his voice. And it's not just what I've learned. You've also received a gift. The Holy Spirit. Jesus asked the Father that he would send you that gift of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit bears witness. That's the voice. He takes the things of Jesus and makes them known. Our God's not way off out there. Our God's right here. I don't have to go find him. I'm, I'm amazed that people say, well, you know, I've got to run to church so I can find God and pray. Well, why don't you just pray? He's right here. You don't have to go anywhere. Now, I have places that I like to pray. There's places I like to get quiet with God. I'm not talking about that. But man, the important thing is this, is you learn to walk and talk with God and that worship is there then right in the middle of all of the chaos that is going on and when all the problems are going on and it's not where you can get quiet, you know what? You will know the voice of the shepherd. When you can't stop and get quiet and you can't stop, and get, you will know the voice of the shepherd. I've never been to Israel, but I've read and I've had others tell me that the shepherds over there, they lead their sheep. They don't, they don't drive them or herd them. And every shepherd has a whistle or a, a song, a sound, and his sheep learn it. And they can have a, a bunch of sheep in a, in a sheepfold, and a shepherd comes along and he gives that sound, that whistle, that song, and he starts out. And only his sheep come out and follow him. That's what Jesus had in mind when he said, my sheep know my voice. You know the voice. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. And the more you walk with him, the more that you know that voice. 
And you know where he's leading you. And you know his rod and staff are going to protect you and keep you. And you know even if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't go alone. Why? Because the shepherd is there. Man, I tell you, it is, it is exciting to be a Christian. It's exciting to be the man of God. It is exciting to know that our God reigns and rules and is nothing as I am and never will be. He chose me and said, I want to make you to be valuable because you're valuable to me. And I want to spend time with you. There's no big shots in the kingdom. There's no one more important in the kingdom. The only one of value and significance in that sense is King Jesus. Other than that, we all have our place in the body where he places us. And we may have some roles and responsibilities, but we need everyone. Everyone is valuable and important. There's no lessers in the body of Christ. Worship. Celebrate. Be who God has made you to be. I don't know what time it is, and I, I appreciate you all listening in this, and hopefully I've hung enough on Scripture that you've, you've got it. But I want to tell you something. There's one goal in your life that you need to, to examine and research and I believe set your heart on. That when you, people look at you, what would come out of their mouth? What would they say? How would they describe? You know, some would come back and say, well, you know, he was a, a good preacher or he was a good, you know, husband or he was a good, and, and they would describe whatever your job might be. He's a good accountant or he was a good farmer or he was good whatever, truck driver, whatever you might be. All those things are true, but that's not who you need to be. And that's not who people, you need for people to say, well, that's it. You know what you need for your wife? your children, your grandchildren, and the greater community. If somebody says, well, what about your... You know what they need to say first and everything? He's the man of God. Wow. Got a lot of titles, a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things to do. You stop and think. If someone asks your wife tonight, tell me about your husband. What would be the first thing that came out of her mouth? Would she say, he's a man of God? Oh, then she'd go on to describe a whole lot of other stuff that you are and you've done and everything else. Or if they went to your children and they said, tell me about your, your father. 
what would be the thing that came out? Would they say, Dad's a man of God? Oh, they'd know you're not perfect. They're not looking for, for, for sinlessness or perfection any more than God is. But would they say, he's a man of God. He walks with God. He talks with God. God talks to him. And we could go on out to the neighbors and the people you work with and out there that I believe our heart's desire ought to be that what we're known for It's not my job, not my house and things, not my education, not my experiences. The thing that we ought to be known for is he's a man of God. Because that's what it's about. see in Romans 8 in that ministry of the Holy Spirit you know what his job is to conform you and I to the image of Christ he's good at his job he's as faithful as Jesus was going to the cross about conforming you and I to the image of Christ. But Paul warned us, don't grieve him. Don't make him sad in your rebellion. Don't quench him. Don't stop him. Because you can do that. But in the things we're talking about, he will conform you to the image of Christ. It will be known. There is the man of God. And it will be said of you by God as it was God about Enoch. He pleased God. Wow. Fellas, it's exciting. It's it's for every one of us. It's available. But it goes back to where we started. Well, not exactly, because I didn't really start with salvation. You've got to be born again. But when you're born again, it starts out of your worship. You will never get there if you're not a worshiper. If you don't love and adore him, happen. You'll be known for many things, maybe a good teacher, maybe an ethical man. You'll be known by a whole lot of things. But will you be known as the man of God? Let me pray. Father, I thank you tonight that you've allowed us just to walk through some things.
Lord, I realize I haven't necessarily preached, as we call preaching, and I haven't exegeted the word, and I haven't, dear Lord, given an outline and all. But Lord, I believe we have done what you wanted done. I think you're happy. I think you're pleased. And Lord, you're looking upon this group of men with delight because, Lord, your Holy Spirit's been moving from man to man and man, and you've been quickening thoughts and ideas and hopes in them that, dear Lord, that really they hadn't thought about before. Because tonight, that's what you wanted them to know. That's the gift you've got for every one of us. That like Enoch, we can walk with you and we can please you. And so, Lord, I pray that you do release each one of us to worship you in our own personal life, but then in congregation. And as we become a worshiper, that we, dear Lord, will be made a better husband and father and And Lord, that we come to the place in all of this that we become the man of God. That that's what we're known for. Lord, I know there's many that would say, well, I want to be known as an evangelist, or I want to be known as a preacher, or I want to be known as 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 a praise leader or whatever. Lord, all of those things are jobs. The thing is, will we be the man of God? So, Holy Spirit, you know what you're doing. And help us to know how to do it. Before I say the amen, is there anything that anybody needs tonight to help you get to that place of worship? help you get to that place of being the man of God. Anything you need, you can come to this altar. You can come and someone will pray with you. I will talk with you. Don't leave here saying, I I wonder. Don't you leave here wondering. God's ready to give you an answer now. Don't go out hoping, well, I hope it will. Don't do it. Settle it tonight. Go out of here knowing I am going to be a worshiper. And in that worship, as I know him more and love him more, he's going to make me to be the man of God.
Holy Spirit, you're the one that has the ministry of conforming us to the image of Christ. And we thank you that you're doing it. And we expect to see more of it later tonight and even more tomorrow. And ever how many days you give us, that every day you're going to make us more like Jesus. So we thank you and praise you and adore you. Amen and amen. Brother Bill, if you got anything you need to say, Tomorrow's services are at regular times, what I understand. And if you want to, if you're not in Sunday school, there will be a place to pray. Or tomorrow evening at 545, 515, there will be a prayer time in the, in the lounge. The Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Celebrate. Hey, go home and worship. Go home and spend a little bit of time with just you and the Father. I'm going to. I tell you, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to do. And uh, me and the Lord will have a good time in my room here in a little bit. And, and when I say that, guys, it may just be quiet as be. I'm not gonna, I may not be jumping or shouting or anything. I can't tell you because he sets the agenda. But get in his presence. Amen? Hey, I love you guys. You're special. All right. God bless you. Dismissed.